band, here we are. We're GFBS now on Amazon Music. Just tell your smart speaker to play GFBS podcast, and it is a done deal. Thanks to Jeff and Sean and Tom already watching on the show today on a dirty Thursday. River City Speedway and NLRA champion Dustin Strand in the studio. All right, the other half of the Bullring Boys, Chad Hoff, not in the studio today. And Ryan Johnson was going to be here, but we got our uh, days kind of mixed up. Anyway, your Dirty Thursday today been, is uh, being brought to you by Executive Properties. Man, I tell you what, this company can do it all. If you're looking for any kind of work done, maybe a remodel or a rebuild or something built, they do all types of commercial and residential work. I mean, they do it all. Kitchen, bathrooms, doors, siding, concrete, cabinets, trim, tile. I think you get the picture. Executive Properties, they'll listen to what you want done, and then they're going to do it the way you want it done, the right way. With over 30 years of experience, let Barry Romo and the crew take care of you. They got some great senior and referral discounts. They're willing to work with any budget. They even do snow removal. You got any contracting needs done, Executive Properties is the ones to call, 701-330-1273. Check them out executiveproperties.org. Make sure you check out the reviews on Facebook and Google, too. You're going to love their work. Know these guys. They do incredible stuff. Executive Properties, your one-stop company that can do it all. And uh, before we get going, uh, normally we would do jokes my neighbor tells me, but uh, today it's more of a thought. And uh, you ever notice how NASCAR fans, they, they just go nuts when it's three-wide racing? <laughs> That's cute, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, no reply. I don't get it. I bet you Dustin Strand gets it. How you doing, man? Oh, pretty good about yourself. Uh, really good. Uh, three wide racing. That's a norm, right? Well, for River Cities, but uh, normally nap car, they're in yeah. a single line. <laughs> nap car. Uh, if you want to call us, by the way, if you have any questions uh, for us or for Dustin, 701-213-0863, the number. 213-0863. Uh, getting back to NASCAR or nap car. Used to be a big fan. Uh, when Dale Earnhardt died, I, I quit watching for, for a while. Uh, and then I started watching it again, especially a couple of tracks. I like, you know, Daytona, Talladega, or Bristol. I mean, the complete opposites of tracks, but I'm getting so turned off by it now. How about you? Yeah, I tell you, I really don't follow it much at all anymore. We used to watch it some, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't, doesn't really do it for me. A lot of times if it's on, maybe we'll watch the last 15, 20 laps. We catch it, but that's mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, and uh, all the, the, well, the off-track stuff that's happening now. I think NASCAR is kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I want to say hi to Savannah, who, by the way, is watching. Uh, Carrie Ann, Jerry, Scott, Wade. Hi, Scott, Andy, Andrea, Gene. Wow. Got a lot of followers already, a lot of people listening. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Dustin Strand. A lot of us know you, the guys that are at the uh, guys and girls at River City Speedway all, every week. They know something about you, but uh, maybe there's people out there that don't. Tell us about Dustin Strand, the non-racer. How's your life go? What's it all about? Oh, well, I got two little girls at home, and uh, they're definitely, they, they run 100 miles an hour. Cadence is three, and Paisley's five. So they keep us keep us on our toes all the time, and uh, I guess uh, that's it. We try to spend as much time out when we're not not at the race shop or track with the family, and uh, mm -hmm. try to balance the time in between. And I know uh, you guys are, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the racing families that uh, you have a camper out at River City Speedway. Uh, I always walk by, I always stop in. At least I try to. And, uh, yeah, your wife's got her handfuls there when you're in the pits. And uh, I know you always try to come down to the camper before you start racing again. But uh, it's such a great family deal racing. Right, it is. And they, it's nice to have the camper there every week. We got a pretty good little group of family and friends that come over for a little tailgating and maybe grill some brats and a uh, nice place to relax before the races. Um, I would, I'd like to know, I mean, we all know about your dad. Uh, I think he's in the Hall of Fame now, isn't he? I'm pretty sure yeah, he, he is. is yep. Is that how you kind of got your start in racing is because of your dad, Brian? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I grew up at the racetrack every weekend. I think uh, he told me when I was four days old, I was in the back <laughs> of the van in Winnipeg Speedway, you know. So I was, I've was i been at the racetrack every weekend of my life since I was little. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of all I've ever known. And even through school, I wasn't coordinated enough to play sports. So uh, luckily I could 
hang on to the steering wheel. So yeah, lock, luckily you could uh, mash the pedal and turn, <laughs> right? Uh, what was Sounds your first fun to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, what was the first car you ever raced? How did you get into racing? Well, uh, like I say, my dad was when I first started racing. My dad was kind of you know he was racing full time, and I think he kind of knew in the back of his head when. When I started racing full-time, that'd probably be the end of his mm-hmm. full-time racing just because it's expensive and time-consuming, and we really can't both do it. But uh, actually, he was racing a modified at the time, well, modified and late model probably, but well, a customer of ours come in, he was from Red Lake, and he said he had bought this pier stock, and he was wondering if I wanted to drive it. And Dad had always told me, he said, well, if you, whenever you're ready to race, you just you know where the tubing is, go build your car. Well, this guy told me he bought had this pier stock so, mm-hmm. so heck i went up to red lake and got it and uh yeah it was kind of a dandy come home <laughs> with this single axle trailer and this old caprice and my dad kind of looked at me like i can't believe you even brought that thing home how many but, times did you end up racing that car well that was a that was a four-door impala mm-hmm. and uh me and a buddy of mine worked on it till two in the morning every night that week when i picked it up and we raced it on sunday and uh, the first night out with it, we started 12th and got second. Oh. And then uh, went to Greenbush the next week, and I think there was only six cars there in the pure stock division, but we ended up winning it. Oh, wow. And that gets the wheels turning. Yeah. So then the next week, Dad was driving truck part-time at that point. He had some trucks on the road, so he'd fill in when the drivers couldn't make it. And I called and told him I was going to go race Grand Forks Friday. And he said, well, they don't race pure stocks over there. And I said, yeah, well, I was just going to take the tires off your modified and race with the street stocks. <laughs> okay, I'll meet you there. <laughs> so a peer, for somebody that doesn't know jack about racing, so pure stock, I'm assuming that that's like the just standard Impala body. Yeah, and... that's basically like kick the windows out and put a roll cage in it and go race. Mm-hmm. That, see, that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, uh, Buffalo River, I know, used to have an enduro uh, race, or they, they, they actually had a series, and, and it was kind of like that, but... So I had built this uh, 76 Charger SE, and I thought it was really great. But then the rules back then were so different that there were actually almost like street stocks in that same class. And you get 85 cars out there going 100 laps or whatever it was, 200 laps. And uh, But I had a lot of fun uh, until I just completely destroyed my car. But what a great start. I mean, starting in an old Impala, and uh, now you're driving your own cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about your dad again for just a second, uh, Brian. You know, when he kind of got out of it, I mean, if you talk to him today, I I look at him and, and I talk to him and I think he should still be in a race car. Do you think he misses it? Oh, yeah, I know he does miss it. Uh, and and er, he's jumped in a car on and off over the last few years. And like two years ago, uh, I was gone or maybe we were at a late model show and he took the modified to Greenbush and won the feature over there and hadn't raced in all year, you know. So, I mean, it isn't – he's uh, he's always been a heck of a wheel man. And, uh, yeah, I would not doubt in my mind he could he could do it right uh, off the bat. You know, we're going to uh, keep this show running, hopefully throughout the whole winter here, the Dirty Thursday thing. We might have to change it for some snowmobile racing. But uh, we do plan on doing a couple of Hall of Fame shows, and uh, we're going to try to get Brian up here. That, I think, is going to be a great time. Uh, boy, NLRA champ, uh, track champion pretty awesome year for you yeah it was a really awesome year actually we had a really really good year a couple little instances of bad luck or whatever but uh we had an awesome year it was kind of shortened at the beginning with Mm -hmm. this virus and whatever but it was fortunate that a lot of the tracks in our area were able to keep going and that was that was pretty great that we were able to get a pretty good season in anyway so what happened in the john sites i forgot to even write that down on my notes well, you have horrible luck, by yeah, the way, in the John Sites. I don't think Sites. I'm supposed to be at that race, tell you the truth. <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, we had a really good feature going. Uh, I was up to fourth at mm-hmm. one point, mm-hmm. and it was a restart deal. And a guy come off the bottom, and he was a little tailed out in front of me. And and I made contact with his right rear quarter panel barely, but it was just kind of a racing deal. I was charged with the yellow. We went to the back, and uh, I don't know. I think we were maybe running around. 12th something like that and i dropped the right rear over the bank and it was just enough tip the car over so. yeah yeah how many times have you been upside down in a race car uh that was the third time i believe yeah this one was probably the easiest though wasn't it <laughs> yeah it was it i was mean it was really almost a roll. slow motion kind of 
tip. Mm-hmm. Oh, was. man. Uh, next year, though, that could be your year next year. Well, I mean, we'll just, man. We just got to keep trying. Yeah, you have been uh, ran so good at the John Sykes Memorials, and then you just have the worst luck. You know, I've, I've seen your, your car up close, and they're pretty big and wide i mean if you just tipped that thing you must have been up in the air pretty pretty far up there oh yeah well it was <laughs> and what happened i dropped the right rear tire over the bank and you know the top of the track is is a pretty tra- steep transition from the to front bank to the back bank mm-hmm. and i think the frame just dug in and yeah like as john said it was just really slow motion and then all of a sudden it kind of caught and landed right on the wheels. And actually, if the motor would have fired, I could have probably drove it to the trailer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, don't, I still don't know what's going on there. Something in the ignition box must have, I don't, I don't forget a loose wire or what. But anyway, we got that. We had to switch the box, and now everything weren't running good. So got to be like being on the zipper at the fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a big weekend coming up here, too, now. Yeah, Jamestown Stampede this weekend, and that's always a. A fun event, uh, it's a two-day deal. In years past, they've done it so it's two or one show over two nights. Mm-hmm. They race the heats the first day and features the next. Well, now this year they got a different format. They're running two complete shows, so that'll be a little, little, little more fun. I mean, lot, otherwise you sit there all night and only race a heat race. Right, the right. So. Yeah, uh, this way you keep a little more busy anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might be late nights, but yeah. Fun. Well, um, that's all right. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the car is ready to go uh, after all of the stuff that's happened. Uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're ready to go. Well, have you guys ran since the sites? Have you ran that car? No, I haven't. Uh, they did. There was a race last weekend in Fergus Falls, but uh, we opted not to go. We had some family stuff going on, and uh, so no, we have not raced since the sites. You know, I haven't been to the Fergus Falls racetrack, but um, is it kind of hard on equipment? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, it's kind of a neat racetrack. It's a little bigger than Grand Forks, a wall all the way around it. And um, I mean, I wouldn't say that the, the track is hard on equipment, but as far as any time you're racing a track that's got a wall around the mm-hmm. top, when something starts to happen, there's more, uh, more often that you're in the wreck because you you got nowhere to go. You got nowhere to go. You, you can't just slide off. The wall, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> uh, Jamestown, have you, how, how have you done in that in the years past? So you've got a pretty good record over there, don't you? We've had pretty good luck at the Stampede. We've won. We've won two with the late model and one with the modified here a couple of years ago. And, and we always run pretty decent at this event. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some luck there, I guess. Um, how many other uh, racers, uh, do we get them from, like, the Duluth area? Do we get any of those guys or from the cities? Or does a lot of NLRA guys? Or who all shows up for the Jamestown uh, Stampede? Yeah, the late model deal is a lot of uh, NLRA guys. But now it sounds like... Uh, there is some guys from over in the Hibbing area coming. They had some incentives for first-time stampede goers. I think they were paying their entry fee or whatever. So it sounds like some of those guys will be there. So I think we should have a pretty good car count. Oh, that's great. Uh, by the way, after safely and successfully hosting three variations of their Fargo Food Truck Festival this summer, state's biggest food event operator has decided to bring the flavor to Greater Grand Forks. We can't wait. It starts tomorrow. Three days. It's uh, right here in the Grand Cities Mall parking lot. Uh, it's going to be awesome. 14 food vendors, some non-food vendors, a beer garden sponsored by Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. It's going to be Oktoberfest. Uh, different food truck competitions every day. Sweet tooth taste test tomorrow, which I'm a judge, by the way. Uh, Making Bacon Challenge Saturday and the best of Oktoberfest on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, all right? Masks, highly recommended. Disposable designer masks as well as hand sanitizers will be available too. So bring your lawn chairs. Be ready for three days of fun. Put it down in your calendar. It's this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Grand Forks Food Truck Festival in the parking lot right here in the Grand Cities Mall. So yeah, when that, you get... That's not the, the Fargo Food Truck Festival. No, not the Fargo Food Truck Festival. I had to it's, put the camera on. It's the, the Grand Forks. Yeah. Uh, boy, we got a lot of people watching. Uh, Andrea, Dar, Shelly, Scott, Paul, Nate. Wow. Uh, so getting back to the Jamestown Stampede here, uh, you going to bring the camper? You bring the family? Or is this uh, a little different? Uh, this year, I don't think the camper's going. Uh, Savannah's still up in the air if she wants to go yet or not. But uh, I, don't think, uh, I don't think we're going to take the camper this year. So if you, where do you sleep then? Do you stay in a hauler or do you get a motel room or what do you do? Well, this year we have a motel room. In years past, we've always pulled the camper down. And that, that does work. Pretty pretty good. I mean, it's nice to be able to stay right at the track. But mm-hmm. Then you gotta. Then it's another vehicle to drive yep. down and 
fuel in that. And so this year we're going to stay at a motel in Jamestown. All right. Well, you know what? It's kind of nice to have a motel too. Yeah. It's nice to be able to shower in the morning. That's yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hey, I got a kind of a random question for you here. Uh, you know, when you have the, like the Jamestown track and the, obviously the river city speedway, uh, you know, that's, when you talk about like racers from like the cities, like Minneapolis and like, I mean, are there like tracks that are just like way more encompassed than what we see here? Or is it just kind of standard around? I mean, do you, do you see a lot of people come from big cities to race around here? I don't know. I mean, uh, or are we, there tracks like in big cities? Oh yeah. There there's track. Like if you take Minnesota, for example, down by the cities, there's racetracks spread across all through you know, central Minnesota, southern Minnesota. I mean, yeah, there's kind of, there's race, pretty much racetracks all over. Okay. And then, uh, like, the the best of those people, they probably just get into their, I don't know, like the World of Outlaws or something along those lines? Well, yeah, some guys just race, you know, weekly programs like we do here. You know, actually, like, like people from central Minnesota, there's actually a lot of tracks. Like, if you lived around the cities area, you could probably go to four or five different racetracks within an hour or two of your place, you know? So Oh, really? So, okay. So they have multiple of them right, over there then. Right. I just, I didn't know if there was like, mm-hmm. like a, like this grand racetrack that everybody wants to go to. Like if you go to New York and it's like, Oh, you know, they got, right. you know, they got the Kentucky Derby type mm-hmm. of deal. And it's, it's mostly just big events. Like, like Jamestown has the stampede and a lot of guys go to that event just because it's a prestigious event and it's a pretty fun time to hang out with everybody. kind of the last hurrah of the mm-hmm. season and, yeah, well, it's like River City Speedway with the John Sites, uh, Jamestown with the Stampede. Uh, a lot of these tracks have that one big event every year, and you might not race it every week, but this is where you're going to get the guys. Uh, you know, and, and it's kind of funny because when you look at uh, race car drivers, it seems like most of them are from smaller towns, though, and, and, and I don't know what that is. Maybe they, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's because they could go out and drive on gravel roads when they were little kids or something. Uh, let's see what we got here. John says, good to see Dustin on the show. Always great guy in the pits in public. Whether he's busy or not, takes time to chat. Great family. Love stopping by the shop to say hi. When he's working on cars, that... When he's working on cars and all that stuff. All right. Well, yeah. a lot of people watching. I guess my question was more along the lines of, and as opposed to nap car, you know... If you go to like a track and say New York or something, and then all of a sudden there's like this one race that's like big money, you know, like you got these people that are just like this is their life, and they just spend millions of dollars on you know late models and that kind of stuff. I was just kind of curious. I've I've never looked into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's different all over, but uh, and there is there is different racetracks that are more like in the uh, late model and sprint world. You take a track like Eldora as a pretty huge track mm-hmm. they have some really big money races and guys come from all over the country to race that you know and really where's that one at where's that located in uh where is eldora it's, it's uh ohio or pennsylvania i think ohio i, I don't yeah, it sounds like mexico isn't that isn't that <laughs> tony stewart on that track now i believe he does yeah yeah and that's the one that's got the like the bridge going over it i think doesn't it? Yeah, maybe. I've never actually been to Eldora. <laughs> I never have either. I've never even been to Jamestown, for yeah. Pete's sakes. <laughs> um, Shelly uh, texted in, and she said, Elko. No, isn't Elko Speedway? That's pavement, isn't it? I believe it is. I know they have have been dirt in the past, or maybe they put dirt on it, but I think it is. Well, last I heard it was pavement, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It switched back and forth. I know they maybe. used to have uh, Elko on TV quite a bit. So uh, after a great year, um, how many feature wins did you get this year? Do you even know? Uh, we won five, or let's see, we won seven with the late model and five with the modified, I believe. Not a bad year. It was really good, yeah. What was your, uh, probably your most memorable win this year? Uh, well, I tell you, probably my most memorable race was uh, Devil's Lake. We had a late model special there, and we were passing for the lead and got tangled up with uh, with the leader, and I was charged with the yellow, so we went to the back, come from 24th and got second. I think if we'd have had a couple more laps, we might have got it done. So that was, that was probably my favorite race of the year, mm-hmm. I guess. But I know the one time up in Devil's Lake when I was up there, boy, you had a horrible heat race. Uh, you couldn't get out of your own way. And, and then I think you did come back, though, and win the featured, I, I believe. Yeah, I believe we did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, you ever... You know, you get your racing incidents and you, you know, oh, it was a racing thing. You ever, uh, I know times have changed a lot. Uh, there was a replay I saw on social media about uh, the one girl racer that went and started punching on the flag man or whatever. And and she's probably going to get suspended. So now she's talking about getting out of racing because she's worried about this big suspension and all. But 
You ever really get into fisticuffs with anybody after a race? Has it ever happened to you? Uh, fortunately, we've never really been uh, into a bad deal like that. But uh, no doubt, no, I mean, there's been words exchanged mm-hmm. and whatever. And racing's a pretty passionate sport. Sure. And, and a lot of times when something happens on the track, uh, you don't always see it the way maybe mm-hmm. it really happened or you see a different angle. So, uh, you know, that's what a lot of the guys we race with, we race with a really good group of guys. And there's times when, you know, you might not see eye to eye, but have a beer an hour later and everything's good, you know, so. Oh, by the way, Eldora is in Ohio. Um, there we go. <laughs> Here's one thing, and I don't think it's like it used to be. I mean, a fight in the pits used to be common back in the day. Now everybody's got video, everybody's got their cell phones and all that kind of stuff. Don't you think it... it if somebody has got an issue, say say I'm running against you and I have an issue with you, I think the first thing that should be done is both drivers should look at video, see what happened, and then talk. Agree or not? Yeah, that'd be a good idea. I even think that, uh, you know, with everything being televised now with pay-per-view and whatever, I think the flag man should have an iPad in the flag stand when there's a questionable call. They should just hit the rewind button. Because a lot of times they're not looking right at what happened. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And uh, there was an instance this year where I was charged with a caution. And when, when they looked at the video later, it was like, oh, yeah, that was the wrong call. You yeah. Know, so. I mean, it's like being a referee in a hockey game or a football game. You're not going to catch them all. And, and there are old school people that don't want a game or a race to be dictated by TV mm-hmm. or something like that. But sometimes the wrong call is made well maybe you could just give each racer just one review you yeah, know it's like they can just call out their review card oh yeah 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 <laughs> throw yeah throw out your flag, flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've seen you with your arm out the window before coming across the checkered line or the uh, start finish line but waving a flag would be a little no no i want to review this um talked about your your most memorable race your favorite race of the year what about your worst race this year dustin well i guess uh I don't know what to say the worst race, but I guess probably the, the one that let let me down the most was the Sites Memorial, mm-hmm. I guess, just because we had a, I believe we had a car good enough to run with the leaders. And at one point we were up within the top five, you know, and I was biding my time pretty good, thought I was being pretty patient. And, uh, and then we just, it didn't work out, mm-hmm. but uh, well, let's try it again. You know, uh, getting back to the NASCAR thing or NAPCAR, uh, Dale Earnhardt was by far my favorite race driver probably ever, but look how long it took him to win Daytona. You know, so you got to keep trying. Right. I mean, that's right. uh, you've been snake bit a little bit on that one, but uh, that that's all going to change. Um, what are your plans for the future? Well, I, I don't. You're going to keep racing until I'm tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're going to Jamestown tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, do you plan on? Are you going to try to keep racing two cars? I know you enjoy uh, getting in the mod, the A mod, once in a while, and and I love the A mods. I think it's great racing. Uh, you, you're going to keep trying to run two cars possibly next year too. Oh yeah. We mean that our, our main business is modifieds and B mods. You know, that's kind of what our, our bread and butter is. So anything that we're doing with our A mod, we're testing constantly trying to keep our customers going the right direction. And, and a lot of the stuff we learned in our late model trickles down through everything as well. But, uh, yeah, we'll continue to race the A mod as much as we can. I wish there was more with soda. A mod shows close by mm-hmm. so we could race that car a little more you know imca kind of moved in and the rule packages are enough difference where you can't really just switch a couple things and go race it'd be mm-hmm. nice if that was a little more common ground there but uh but yeah we're gonna try to try to continue doing what we're doing it's it's hard for us not to race late model two being we can race right in town and mm-hmm. for a decent weekly purse and travel the nlra tour they got a pretty good deal going yeah so, so you ba- basically uh when you're in your a mod it's kind of an r&d thing too for you isn't it oh yeah for sure and there's times you know we're a lot of times we're testing something sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but uh that's the only way you find out um do you think i mean imca uh with soda there there a lot of differences why can't they get together and make it more i mean still you could still be imca and you could still be with soda but is what is it one of them just doesn't want to give up or why can't they be the same? Because that way, if, if there is an off night, you can go jump in with some of these guys. Maybe you could go run Fargo or maybe you could go run, you know, Buffalo River or whatever. Um, do you think, will that ever happen or will it not? I don't know. I'd really like it to see see that happen. I mean, uh, if it was just a deal where you had to change tires and maybe 
put a wing on and mm-hmm. take a wing off and go race. That'd be awesome. But the way it is right now, there's just so many little things, uh, like the motor rules, for instance, and a lot of things that don't really make a lot of difference on the racetrack, especially mm-hmm. with when the track's slick and which we race on a lot of times anyway. And then you come down to even the wheels. You can run, you got to have a Wasota stamped wheel or an IMCA stamped wheel. They come out of the same factory, they're the same wheel, but you got to have the right stamp or sticker on your wheel, which is really goofy to me. You'd think if it was, should just be a spec wheel. They're trying to keep things safe, but they, of course, they get a kickback for the mm-hmm, wheel sure. So they got to have their deal. So, yeah, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but it sure would be nice if it did. Okay, so if you were to take your Wasota A mod and make it uh, raceable for an IMCA race, how much money are we talking in a, in a difference there? What would, what all would you, you know, as far as the cost goes? Well, you know, if you were starting from nothing, if you were going to say, I'm going to start racing tomorrow and you're going to buy an IMCA mod versus a Wasota mod, a lot of guys will argue that, oh, you can buy an IMCA mod really cheap. Well, that really isn't the case. I mean, if you want the right stuff to be able to compete with the top guys, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the stuff's costing pretty much the same other than maybe the engine program, the, most guys run a 604 GM crate motor in IMCA, mm-hmm. which that's another can of worms. I believe there's a lot of shenanigans that go on there because you're running a sealed motor, supposedly. Sure, you yeah. You can buy those seals on eBay. Oh. Now, if you know what you're doing, you got 200 more horsepower with factory seals, and nobody knows any difference. You know? oh. but, but once you already have the equipment, say right now you got a Wasota modified, and we run a concept engine. Um, which is a little cheaper engine package for Wasota, but they allow you to run aluminum heads untouched. But in IMCA, you can't run aluminum heads. So now to go race IMCA, you, you got to have a different engine. The shocks aren't legal because you got to run, can't run Schrader valves, and you got to have IMCA stamped wheels. So, I mean, it's it'd be a pretty expensive deal to switch over, that's for sure. Now, uh, is there a limit on the AMOD motors? I mean, what what is the rules on that? Because I kind of helped a guy many, many years ago, before I even moved to Grand Forks, uh, we ran an A-Mod up in Greenbush. And it, it seemed to me it was pretty much run what you brung back in those days. And, and what is it like now? Well, they used to have, I mean, a lot of guys running 406s and whatever, and then then they come up with this deal if you ran a three. At, at that point, when you run the bigger cubic inch, you had an cl- engine claim. Mm-hmm. So to try to keep the cost down, which yep. that was kind of bogus because it'd be one thing if a guy was really trying hard and that's he built this motor and couldn't keep up but what a lot of guys would do they'd go to the junkyard buy a 200 dollar motor and mm-hmm. go claim this guy's 6500 yeah six you know and, and it's kind of funny because there was times i mean times were tough back then for the guy i was helping out and i remember one time uh we just crunched a motor and uh i remember taking the motor out of his pickup and putting it in the race car and hauling it up there and actually won a race and <laughs> got back home and put it back in his pickup so he could go to work on Monday. Yeah, actually, my dad uh, <laughs> told me a story when he was in college. He was building motors out in the Quonset at the farm, dirt floor, and kept blowing motors up and couldn't keep anything together. Well, he was out of parts, so he wanted to go race Friday night, so he took the motor out of his Nova, put it in the late model, come to Grand Forks, raced, got home put it back in his car and went to school that week, did that for three weeks in a row until I got another motor put together. <laughs> you know, that, uh, I was actually thinking about that and uh, bring some questions. How come you don't see uh, any, like, pickups on the track? You know, why don't they have, like, a race? There are trucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Winnipeg, I'm not talking about, like, that class. Yeah. they do? Yeah, they run them up in Winnipeg. Uh, I know they used to anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they, were, they were basically like a... Similar to a super stock chassis with a pickup body. On yep, them, yep. Oh, okay. Kind of like, uh, well, they kind of look like NASCAR trucks, mm-hmm. but they run them on dirt. Well, because the only ones I ever see are the ones you know that they're always jumping. And, okay. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Off road and and things like that. And the only reason I even thought of that is because when you were talking about tires, I was thinking how cool it'd be to have some uh, tires of yours on my pickup. Yeah, <laughs> I could hook you up. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, getting back to NASCAR for a second, uh, they run a dirt race now every year Uh, i believe it's the trucks that run it what do you think about that that's pretty cool that's a kind of a neat that's pretty much the only nascar race that i watch that's usually pretty entertaining to Mm -hmm. get some few of the dirt stars run that deal and uh, guys like kyle larson and whatever and uh that's kind of a cool deal and and you know you get the the hired guns in um you know like nascar used to do when they'd go to road courses i mean all of a sudden boris said what is boris said doing it in nascar but now 
I mean, you have to adjust. You have to be a good race car driver. You don't just have to turn one direction anymore in NASCAR. Um, but what do you think about the teams? You know, you're running for points, and, and that's going to be the answer right there. But what do you think of these about these guys bringing in these hired guns for races like that? Well, I mean, I guess that's all part of it. Uh, I, I, as far as the motorsports world's concerned, I think, as far as oval track racing, NASCAR, they claim, is the highest level. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, at that point, it really shouldn't matter who you're racing against. You know? Right, I mean, right. And I, I truly feel that there's uh, more qualified, better drivers, maybe even in the dirt world, like that are racing with the World Outlaw Sprints or mm-hmm. late models, you know. But, mm-hmm. but the NASCAR deal, it's all associated with money. It's really yeah. not only if you're a skilled driver. It's how much money you can bring to the table. It, it, marketing. Uh, you know, my wife used to get so mad at me because I'm not a Danica Patrick fan. And she'd say, you don't like her because she's a girl. Well, no, I don't like her because I think there's a hundred other guys that would do better in that race car than she was doing. And no, I'm not saying girls don't know how to drive cars fast either, but very marketable, brought in a bunch of money with her. You almost have to sign her. Right. That's right. And, and you know, maybe I think she should have stayed in Indy cars, but uh, uh, another big one. Um, let's talk a little bit about Kyle Larson this year. Uh, boy, I mean, he gets booted out of NASCAR. It doesn't matter what he hops into. Uh, the guy is just, I mean, he is sick fast, no matter what he did. That night here, when the World of Outlaws were here, that uh, late model feature, and then followed up by the World of Outlaw feature, two of the best back-to-back features I have ever been a part of. But, man, that guy can drive. Yeah, that was pretty crazy, that last lap deal on his part. It was kind of funny because I was up, we had walked up into the, uh grandstands there to watch that feature mm-hmm. and uh, when i was walking but walking back down i went by walked by brad saying and he looks at me and goes i don't know what you just did in that late model feature but kyle larson just trumped you in this one <laughs> <laughs> and and it's funny because the late model feature now lance Schill, uh new to the late models this year led basically that whole race come down i think it was the last turn uh last lap you inched him out uh you got the win uh probably the best race late model race i've seen all year uh that sites was a pretty good one too and then and then of course kyle uh winning the uh world of outlaw show afterwards but uh you know it was a good move but he kind of cheated by going on the grass well he didn't have much choice (laughs) he wasn't on the track i mean yeah i tell you what that that uh world of outlaw official sitting in that side by side i'm bet you he had to clean his shorts out after that but uh and it's funny because we had uh we had lance Schill on the show a couple of weeks after that and um which by the way our winning tradition continued because it, the kind of the same scenario happened. You were right behind him, and this this was the Friday after he was on the show here. That time he got you, and he even said it, I believe, in rideoutcar.com victory lane that he was not going to do that again, that he was going to do what he could to hold you up. But you two guys, uh, for him being well, a rookie in the late models, you two guys have had some pretty good racing together. Yeah, yeah, it has been. Uh, and by the way, when we talk about that good luck, uh, our string continues. We had uh, Brendan Mullen come on the show. Oh, no, it ended. And Well, it did end. Yeah, with, but it uh, Austin. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it did end with Austin. Yep. Well, anyway, going to talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brendan won. Uh, Lance <laughs> won that show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Central Football Coach was on the show, and they even won the next day. So, or that day. But um, uh, question for you, Dustin. Have and I'm sure this has not happened to you, but have you ever been so far behind you thought you were in first? <laughs> <laughs> no, but funny story. One time I uh, had a modified special in Grand Forks and we pulled on the track and I, I always watched the lap lap counter on mm-hmm. the back straightaway, which whatever. Anyway, I pulled on and they usually have, it shows up up there how many laps the feature is. Well, it said 15 in that one. I, I know I guess, where you're going here. That's for running 15 <laughs> laps. So uh, leading, got to the lead, leading the feature and we're like way checked out. My guys are telling me I'm way out in the lead. And, and I was in, in the middle of lap cars. Well, lap 14, I come across the line, and the flag's waving to beat hell. Well, it's so dark, you can't see the mm-hmm. flag, man, really. You're kind of looking into the lights. Mm-hmm. He's waving the flag to beat hell, and and I come around the next lap, waving the flag again. Well, I was waiting to checkered. So I let off, and I'm pulling in. And I, as I'm pulling into victory lane, now I coasted down the whole back stretch. When I get to the front stretch, the second-place guy goes by wide open. I'm like, well, that's weird. Well, here the race wasn't over. Yeah. <laughs> That was he was waving the move over flag for the lap cars. So now, now I usually race an extra lap or two when the race is done. 
Um, I do remember that, by the way. Um, we don't. Uh, we try to talk about that night. But you know what? Uh, I'm guessing you probably got an earful in the pits afterwards. Yeah, well, I was probably I was probably harder on I mean, myself it, right. than what everybody else. But uh, yeah, that was pretty dumb. The only thing I can compare that to is I was watching my daughter's soccer game. She's eight, and you know, whenever you watch the kids and they're, you know, they get on their breakaway, and it's like you're going the wrong way. Yeah, yeah same deal. <laughs> the old Jim Marshall Minnesota Vikings move, <laughs> celebrating the touchdown, and you scored in the wrong end zone, buddy. Wow. Uh, so now if it's a 20-lap race, I usually race at least 21 to 22 to kind of make up. Yeah, and, and if you notice, uh, most people do do that. I mean, they'll go that one more extra lap, extra hard, just because. Because now I can tell you this um, from my own experience. I have been up there uh, in the booth numerous times at numerous tracks, and sometimes it is a little wrong what they've got up on the lap counter up there. Um Another thing with, with the lap counter, do you like it when they have laps remaining or laps done? I like it when they count backwards. If it's a 25-lap race, I like to see 25, 24, 23. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't like that because, well, let's face it, I'm not very good at math, and i got to start doing math. Wait a minute. That means I've got how many laps to go? But don't you think they should go from the end you know, and go backwards? Yeah, I do, yep. Um, a lot of people help you on your car, uh, including your dad. Uh, who's all part of your crew, Dustin? Oh, my dad and Nathan and Timmy, they put in a ton of hours. Uh, Nate lives in Carrington, so he every week he drives from Carrington, which is a huge commitment. That's a, that's a haul there. And uh, he just, uh, both them guys, and my and my dad, can he comes when he can. He's there most of the time. Sometimes he's stuck on the farm, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, all three of those guys worked their tails off all summer, and I, I couldn't do it without them. If if those three weren't involved, I probably wouldn't do it because I definitely wouldn't try to do it by myself. And uh, and just like a lot of people say, the races are one in the shop during the week and in the pits, you know, getting things ready. And uh, I truly believe that, that if you'd have a don't, – don't take care of your equipment and prepare for the night, that's how, that's how the night will – work out yeah because you will see guys at the track every week and they might not be a top five car every week but the guys that spend the time on it they're the ones that are always up there running for a win right um your your race shop uh you build race cars tell us a little bit about that yeah we have a shop in east grand forks where we build the millennium chassis and like i say 90 percent of our business is b mods mm-hmm. we have a lot of b mod guys and it's kind of, we kind of, we're not a mass producing chassis shop by any means, as far as just building the chassis, throwing them out the door and you're on your own. We kind of, a lot of the cars that leave our shop are a turnkey operation. When they leave our shop, they're ready to go on the racetrack and win races. And, and a lot of the guys too, are, they own their own business or they're farmers, so they don't have the time to do everything. And it's kind of, I take a lot of pride in that guys that maybe only race six, eight times a year that are winning features, and that's mm-hmm. pretty huge. Yeah. Know? Uh do you have help in the shop or is this a solo thing? Uh no, well, wintertime dad's there and you know, summertime here and there when he can sneak off the farm, he kinda has taken out a lot more land now, so he's he's pretty swamped over there too. But so summertime it's it's just me there and wintertime and both of us are there usually. How old's your dad now? Uh he must be 56 or 57. Hmm. I was going to say, is he ever going to slow down? <laughs> we have a guest. Oh, looks like we got, oh, let's, let's bring him in. Hey, Bobby, you want to join in the show? Put your cans on. I'll turn your mic up. All right, Dustin, uh, sponsors also make this thing work. Uh, oh, yeah. You can't do it without them. Uh, Give a Welcome. shout out to these guys. Yeah, we got a lot of really great guys that help us out, whether it be in uh, help help with uh, fuel to get to the track or or money to keep things operating or parts, uh, whatever. But a lot of guys help keep this team operate. Uh, got to thank Walhalla Building Center, Key Weight and Truck Service, uh, Q&Z Plumbing and Heating, Cars Grain Service, Bemidji Welders Supply, uh, Double Deuce Barn Grill, Nostead Acres, Sturdy Race Engines, Forest Flying Service, Bob's Truck Accessories, Sam's Auto Body, and my wife's business. Can't forget that. Mm-hmm. She'll throw me right out. Generation <laughs> Salon. So if you need a, if you need to get good looking haircut, you got to okay. check All right. her out. Uh, Flagstaff Nissan Subaru, Bemidji Marine, 
uh, Gorsuch, Performance Solutions, and Shocker Hitch. And like I say, everybody that uh, helps us out, whether it be big or small or in between, we appreciate each and every one of them. Now that I see you brought a list today, uh, you ever think about taping one of those to the side of the car? Because yeah, I probably uh, should. Well, this was my wife's doing. She told oh. me, no, make, do you need me to make a list or are you going to make it? I said, okay, I'll make the list. By the way, she uh, did text us and says, uh, when we were talking about counting up or counting down, she says, remaining, I hate counting up. And uh, John replied to Savannah, saying, definitely agree with you. So uh, I'm glad you finally you got all the sponsors because it never fails when you're in, in uh, victory lane. Every race car driver pretty much says, I know I'm forgetting a couple of them, but, geez, I'm sorry. And, well, your and, heart's, heart's racing, and you're trying to remember everybody. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you don't, don't forget somebody on purpose, but uh, you're kind of scatterbrained at that point. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you're, you're thinking about the win and the party, and afterwards, it, it's hard to remember all of those guys, and, and I know how important they are to you. I mean, you got to have your sponsors. Uh, Bob Dusso just happened to walk into the studio here, and uh, how you doing there, Bob? Doing good. Just going to deliver some stuff to you. Didn't yeah. expect this. Now, if you happen to look at uh, the pictures we have got in our studio wall, we're, we're going to call this the uh, Racers Wall of Fame, by the way. Uh, every race car driver that's that's been in here, well, not all of them have got their pictures up there yet, but uh, all of these photos are um, courtesy of uh, Duso Photography, does an incredible job. And um, now what are you going to do since the season's done? Well, still wrapping up. I got the go-kart banquet this Saturday. Okay. So I did everything great for that. And then now we'll get um, drivers. I just got a message today wanting to get pictures to give out to their sponsors for mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. they've done. So you're busy. How many racetracks so you hit this year? Just the well, the just River City's Devil's Lake and then the go-kart track. Okay, okay. I kind of kind of blocked you, but I put up your... Oh. Your ad for us, oh. but your your pictures kind of <laughs> blocked out your body there. Well, that's that's probably for the better. <laughs> <laughs> Just a headshot this time, Bobby. <laughs> uh, by the way, the uh, the the metal. Tell us about that metal picture up there. What do you call that? It's just a picture printed on metal, and it just. The colors really pop on the metal. They do. If you've never seen one in person, I keep telling people that, and when I show them that, they're like, "Oh." Wow. Yeah, that's really it's, nice. And and when you look at this what wall. What a scientific term, too. Picture printed on metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you call that thing? Well, it's a picture printed on metal. And I, when I toured the, the company that I work with, I wanted to see where the metals were made specifically. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, people don't get to see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay. top secret stuff. And uh, by the way, Dustin, you were one of the two very first pictures on our wall of fame up there. Right up there in the very top, right? So, uh, congratulations. I think that was the first one that went up there. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. We started there and we worked down. And then we yeah, because we actually had them over here, I think, for a while, didn't we? And then we moved everything over there. Did, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, we, we do I, a lot of decorating. Now you'd have to do some more moving. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a good thing. Uh, again, the Jamestown Stampede is this weekend. You're pretty much ready to go or not? Yeah, I think we're pretty close. I got to uh, do a little organizing in the trailer, but uh, we're pretty close. Is that what you're working on today, or are you working on other people's stuff? Uh, actually, I'm uh, kind of caught up on customer stuff. So, yeah, today I'm going to spend the afternoon working on my own stuff. So when does the rush come of all these chassis that were all wadded up all year long, beaten and banging through a long season? When does the rush start to get their stuff ready for next year? Well, I'll tell you what, if if, if I don't stay on top of them, March 1st, then everybody wants them done within yeah. a month. Yeah. But I, I got a pretty good group of guys now, and I just kind of uh, go down the list. When, I, when I'm ready for another project, I call, call a couple of them and say, are you ready to go? You're up next. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Well, they just bring it, you know. So that works out good. Now, if I can stay on top of the guys, I just kind of tell them what I'm ready for, it, and we get them in and get them freshened up and ready to go. Got to be good to see your chassis in victory lane because uh, their B-Mods, man, they are winning all over the place. Yeah, they've been uh, doing a really good job. And uh, like I say, it's it's fun for us, too, and guys that don't, don't get to race 30, 40 nights a year that mm-hmm. are winning races here and there. And uh, we take a lot of pride in trying to keep everybody running up front. I know a couple of times at uh, Devil's Lake, your cars were like top six. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six. They were they were all built out of your shop. We kind of got power by numbers over there. We yeah, a lot, lot of our guys race over in that area, you know, and and here too. But uh, but yeah, the guys do a good job. Hmm. Um. I suppose you want to get some more guys in those cars, though. Oh yeah, we're always looking for new customers. That's for sure. We got actually, I've had a lot of interest in uh, a lot of phone calls. Guys looking for Millennium cars for next year. So. 
Hopefully we'll have a few new guys. I uh, got some more texts here. Uh, Heather, speaking of Devil's Lake, the uh, Devil's Playground, Bob is the best. How about that, Bob? Thank you, Heather. Love you in Devil's Lake. Uh, Kaylee Elizabeth, so appreciative of your work, Bob. You've caught some great pics of my girls for me this year. Uh, John, Bob's a great guy. Great photos. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, Travis Strandell, Bobby does great work. Uh, well, you'll also you. have <laughs> some, uh, if you have time, you'll have some more work, too. My wife wants to have you do our uh, family our, uh, It's our son's two-year birthday. Oh, okay. So apparently we have to get professional photography every time he has a birthday. <laughs> I uh, I messed up your phone there, by the way, too. Oh, here, um, how did you ever get into photography? This isn't something you've done for very long, is it? Oh, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did weddings, did photography more semi-professional a lifetime ago. I mean, we actually did videotaping and stuff. And it's always loved photography, always been interested. And then I wanted to get into it, and I begged and pleaded and begged and pleaded Darlene, and she finally nodded yes. Then I showed her the list of what I wanted, and then she about had a heart attack. <laughs> She's like, are you kidding me? You had to buy the most expensive camera, and I'm like, sweetie, you have no clue. So I brought up a Hasselblad, which is like the Rolls-Royce of cameras. Mm-hmm. It was a $30,000 camera. Oh. And she, then she's like, oh, wow. And I'm like, see, I'm nowhere near the top. But So I started, so I got some stuff, and then this happens, and then this friend says, would you do this? And then I stopped by the racetrack, know a couple, you know, I've known Martin and Tom, mm-hmm. Tom Corkin forever, and did this, and then next thing you know, it just snowballs. And I kind of, uh, I kind of remember sneaking you into the infield there when you first got going at River City Speedway. I said, uh, <laughs> yeah. you said, hey, is there any way I can get over there? And I said, just follow me, keep your head down, and go. And uh, it, it took you better. Fi- it took him two years to figure out I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> and then when they finally did, I said, want to see some work? And Rick Ray looked at it, and he goes, first he told me you got to leave, you got to leave, you know, insurance and just kind of anybody. I'm like, okay, I get it. And he goes, well, we can't leave her in the middle of racing. And he come back, started talking to me again, and he's looking down, just staring at my camera. And he finally, I looked at him and said, do you want to see some pictures? I showed him two pictures, and he said, you just stay right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and geez, I don't think I saw Rick at the track all year this year. I didn't either. No. Oh. I think he's having some health issues. Yeah, well, uh, good thoughts for Rick. I mean, yeah. what a great guy, him and his wife. Uh, Jory Berg, by the way, Dustin builds a fast hot rod. Got to love to hear that. Yeah, Jory does a good job. Uh just a lot of guys, uh, you know, a lot of guys that are customers of ours, they like to have nice stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we take a lot of pride in uh, taking extra time to make sure things look good and, and are done right. And that's part of the reason, too. Everybody always asks me why I don't have somebody working for me and whatever. And, and there's times when we're busy enough for that, but it's kind of hard when a lot of the stuff we do, specialty stuff, and when you want stuff done the way that that we like it done. Mm-hmm. It's hard to train somebody to do that, you know? So, uh, by the way, if you saw yesterday's show, Jory, I did have the Mustache Mafia t-shirt on yesterday. So, yeah, I, uh, Do you always have to, do, I mean, do you keep your car looking the same like every year? Or do you switch it up to, I mean, like your colors and all that kind of stuff? Well, you don't have to. But, but you, uh, you can if you want to. Yeah, and we've kind of, you know, it's, I, I always think every year I want to change it up a little bit. Okay, well, I got an idea for you for next year. You do? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Well, hey, I mean, you, make it look like Hot Rod from the Transformers movie from oh the boy. 80s. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is I mean, everybody kind of knows you as, like, they know me as when that car rolls on the track, they know that's me. Yeah, you know the black I mean? and orange. Right. And that's so, actually, we were thinking about doing that for our colors for GFBS. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, your car stands out so mm-hmm. well with those colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, get, I get a lot of compliments on that it's visible from the track. And I, I like to be able to have the names on the side of my car that people can read them you know some of these cars on the wraps all the colors blend together yeah, you can't yeah, read it yeah and so. it's even hard i mean up in the booth when i'm calling races sometimes it gets very hard it might look cool when you're standing up close to the car but as far as the fans being able to see it and the announcers uh it gets tough to do but it was funny because uh we've got the tv screen up here now where we replay all of our shows that we have done and, and i just happened to be watching yesterday with tom corcoran in the history of tommy and uh, that's one guy that, that changed it up. And, you know, I, I love his colors he's got in the car this year, the, the blue and the red and the white, but I forgot all about the gold one last year until that popped up and we were kind of going through the history. And uh, he's one of those guys that's that's not afraid to change it up a little bit either. So uh, that, that's, that's cool. I like that. Uh, anybody else got anything else to say? Bob, how about you? Um, had a good year. <laughs> Hope everybody next year. 
things go a little bit better or a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we get back to the old norm. No, no, there's just just get back to the way it was. Get back to the normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, well, thank you, all of you people uh, that have been texting us uh, all show long. Uh, Dustin Strand, the first of our River City Speedway champions to make it the show this year. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who is the uh, street stock champion. He'll be on the show next week. Uh, Chad Hoff, hopefully he'll be back. Uh, he got called into a meeting right before the show was going to start. So uh, good luck in the Jamestown Stampede. Thank you. Come back with that hardware again. And uh, if you win that one, are you going to have a little party afterwards when you get back, or are you going to do it there? I don't know. Because I like it when you have parties, because yeah. I usually get invited. Well, you'll be. Well, we always have our uh, <laughs> yearly shop party around, uh, you know, somewhere end of February, first mm-hmm. part of March. So you'll definitely get an invite for that. Yeah, you know, and, and I like that one because that's a good chance for me to catch back up with your dad. Uh, right. You know, I actually never really knew your dad until I think the first party we were invited to at your shop. And uh, he's just a great guy. And uh, we're looking forward to getting him back on the show, too. Uh, get him on the show here, hopefully this winter when we do one of our Hall of Fame things. But uh, Dustin Strand, thanks. Uh, Bob, thanks for yeah. popping in. I look forward to my invite. You yeah. popped in right at the right <laughs> yeah. time, man. Well, there we go. Another Dirty Thursday in the books. And a special thanks to Old for Heaven's Cakes. You know, there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Well, that's where Old for Heaven's Cakes comes in. The best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or maybe just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order, or you can walk in to find out more. And while you're there, I tell you what, enjoy their homemade lunch and soup. They've got keto, gluten-free, vegan, and diabetic options. And if you're a business owner, maybe it's time to treat your employees to a little something-something. Well, check out their monthly employee discounts. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Sundays 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or go to oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Tell you what, be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Oh, for heaven's cakes right here in the Grand Cities Mall. Well, let's see tomorrow. Tyler Palmasino is going to be on the show. We're going to talk about a fundraising golf marathon. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little hockey, too. By the way, we want you to be a Podbean Premium subscriber. we got some more great prizes coming up here soon that you could win. Uh, just be one of these premium subscribers. Go to your Play Store, download Podbean, search GFBS, hit follow, and buy premium, and you are all set. And don't forget, we are now on Amazon Music. Just tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast. Hey, make sure you like us, share us, and tag us too, all right? We're Grand Fork's best source, giving Grand Fork's an identity again.